Section 3 of G. K. Chesterton's Newspaper Columns, The New Witness, 1919-1920. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. G. K. Chesterton's Newspaper Columns, The New Witness, 1919-1920, by G. K. Chesterton. At the Sign of the World's End, A Ghost of a Notion I have been staring at the fire instead of beginning this article. The firelight that seems like a red shadow, or rather foreshadowing of Christmas. For some reason I cannot dismiss the season from my fancy, though I shall probably have to write much more about it before it comes. Sophists, especially when they are skeptics, are only too fond of saying, like Mr. Josiah Lampkin, that truth is a gem of many facets. They often forget that a gem can have facets because it is a stone, and an exceptionally solid stone. It is certainly so with that mighty and mysterious ruby of the Christmas ritual, which is as flamboyant as any bonfire, and as crimson as any sunset, but which does not fade when we follow it, like a spark or melt when we meet it like a cloud. It has countless aspects because it is a solid, and there will always be plenty of things to say about it. It is because the group that makes Christmas great is really there. That art has seen it in a hundred postures, and philosophy considered it in a hundred phases. The special aspect that affects me just now can best be seen, perhaps, in the old practice of telling ghost stories round a Christmas fire. I mean all that older and more popular spiritualism in which the spirits knock on the door and not on the table. At Christmas there are nobler uses for a table than table wrapping. But none of these simplicities, which are also subtleties, are more subtle than this particular mood of the combination of enjoyment of feasts with the enjoyment of fear. The ghost stories are fairy stories, they are not taken seriously, and yet they are, in a sense, taken sympathetically. There is nothing that strikes the unique note of this tradition so clearly as does the domestication of the dead. Anyhow, the new psychical investigators can never manage to strike that note. They offer ideals, and they sound vapid. They offer details, and they sound vulgar. The old ghost stories are not vulgar, even when they are grotesque and sometimes they are not grotesque, but grave and touching. I remember hearing a ghost story at some Christmas fireside, of which I have forgotten all other details, except that a shadow was seen to cross the patch of sunshine on a church wall at the moment when the congregation said the words, In the resurrection of the body. And perhaps that is where the truth of the matter lies, that Christmas is one of the rare meetings of the body and the soul, when they can meet as friends and not foes. And therefore, perhaps, the fancy unconsciously flies to that far-off meeting promised in those mysterious words. For they are admittedly even more mysterious to those who believe than those who do not. And yet such a mystery seems to hold the secret of sanity. Compare this union of flesh and spirit, as it can be felt in the old Christian feast, with all recent analysis of it, whether by the new theology or the new religions. In a sense, they defeat each other. For the new theology is removing miracles at one end, 
while the new religion is adding them at the other but both touch this mystery of the body in a way that can only be called comically incompetent even those who do it are highly competent in other ways here is a single sentence for instance from a recent book by dr inge called for some reason the gloomy dean i find him rather obscure than gloomy but the obscurity here is common to many other well-informed people the modern mind may be only a mystery when it seems to me to be a muddle but if anyone can make me see the point of this particular sentence and many like it he will have solved the enigma of my existence dr inge's phrase runs i cannot pretend to myself that the belief in a resurrection of our bodies stands where it did and in the name of all the angels and devils where did it stand these people talk as if a dead man come alive after a thousand years had stood in the middle of the street like a lamp-post and our fathers and grandfathers had walked past him every day of their lives it is implied that the great christian miracle was a thing comparatively commonplace to the christians whom it flung from their horses tore from their homes and trades rolled on red-hot coals or tossed into blazing oil but that we have recently begun to think that there is something a little odd about it and it is specially implied that there is something very scientific and illuminating which we know and our fathers did not know about the particular doctrine of the resurrection of the body i will not pause upon the typical trick of referring to resurrection as resuscitation it has all the marks of the mode of which i speak it is entirely useless except to convey a frigid superciliousness and a faint sneer it sounds scientific but like most terms that sound scientific it is almost incredibly inaccurate no mystic ever suggested no madman ever suggested that the dead who have been dust for centuries would even be resuscitated it is a term generally used for reviving something that is almost dead or barely dead or at least very recently dead it is often used for instance of people pulled out of the sea nobody i think proposes to render first aid to the bones of charlemagne or to force breathing exercises on the mummies in the british museum but of course the word resuscitation will always serve as an alternative to resurrection whenever the scientific men find themselves forced to accept resurrection if charlemagne with his great white beard rode on a great white horse down the streets of paris to-morrow they could still say that it was only one of the well-known phenomena of resuscitation and if the mummy of rameses broke out of its own glass case and led a chase down new oxford street it would be pointed out that the study of resuscitation was literally advancing by leaps and bounds for it does not matter so much whether we despise our fathers for having been more psychic or less psychic so long as we despise them so long as it is earnestly and carefully made clear that they were not so clever as we are it will not make much difference whether they were stupid to believe in a thing so extraordinary as resuscitation or stupid not to know a thing so common as resuscitation now were the sons of men ever so ignorant in any age that they did not know that a dead man rots as a matter of fact men in rude ages probably saw him not much more often than we do it is much more likely to have been a truth known to every man woman and child in the days of small cities sacked by enemies or swept by plagues 
the boast benighted barbarians must have seen hills of corpses rotting in the sun and what a rot it is to talk as if we had discovered rot yet that is the very simple matter involved in talking about the resurrection of dead men standing where it did the hill of corpses does not stand where it did because it has decayed to dust and we cannot teach anything about decay to the men who saw it decaying a barbarian could see a baby could see that the corpse could not be restored except by a miracle as an act as divine and unique as the creation of the world we may or may not believe they might or might not believe in such a divine origin either of resurrection or creation but they had no more reason to believe it than we have and we have no more reason to disbelieve it than they had for both it must be something entirely outside the world which it creates or recreates it belongs wholly to the realm of religion and its true logical statement would need a treatise on religion but its imaginative and emotional statement is similar to that of christmas it is the reconciliation of the flesh and spirit it is the strange suggestion that the romance of the world cannot really have ended well unless the soul and the body like two lovers can meet at last but the irony is more intense when we check the new theology by the new religion and the old-fashioned materialism by the new-fashioned spiritualism in the most recent religion run by scientific professors and medical men the idea of bodily survival does not stand where it did because it stands on its head and kicks its legs in the air cuts capers and turns somersaults in triumph self-confidence we are assured not merely of the resurrection of the body but of the brassy and niblick and the whiskey and soda at the golf club religious progress not only will not stand where it did but will not even go where it was going but i think it is not going the way we wish to go the change from a cockney scepticism to a cockney spiritualism has all the curtness and crudity of both and what it misses is exactly that more mellow humour which has told tales about spirits in the red twilight of the christmas fireside there is the real spirit in which to take such tales if we are to take them at all then the spirits are only as the heathen called them the shades they are the shadows dancing on the wall where they are flung by the firelight but we are more certain about the gold and scarlet of the fire than we are about the grey shadows while the new inquirers grasp at shadows when they are still seeking for a flame end of section three